Welcome back to another episode of The Genius Podcast. My name is Karen Doyle, your host and founder of The Genius Project, an initiative for Catholic women designed to resource and support them towards growth in all areas of life, personal, spiritual and professional. We seek to do this through The Genius Project Catholic Women's Masterclass, The Genius Podcast, which you're listening to, as well as our other online resources and events. To find out more about any of these initiatives, you can visit visit our website www.geniusproject.co and come and join us on Instagram genius underscore project underscore daily or you can check out the live recordings of these podcasts on our Genius Project YouTube channel. On this week's episode of the Genius Podcast, I am joined by a very special woman, Kristalina Evert. Kristalina is the founder of Women Made New. She's the co-founder of The Chastity Project, and she is the best-selling author of Pure Womanhood, How to Find Your Soulmate Without Losing Your Soul, and The Curriculum You, Life, Love, and Theology of the Body. Kristalina has spoken internationally to more than 1 million people about the virtue of chastity, healing and God's plan for human sexuality. She has a weekly syndicated radio show on EWTN and has made many television appearances. Kristalina has hosted several television series for teens and women on EWTN. She and her husband Jason have spoken at World Youth Day in Sydney, Madrid and Poland. Kristalina and her husband are blessed with eight children. She is also the author of the book Women Made New, which will be the topic for our conversation today. Kristalina's message is prophetic and when she speaks, it will pierce your soul. It will elevate your gaze towards a higher vision for who you are as a Catholic woman in the world today. So ladies, sit back, relax and enjoy this conversation with Kristalina. Well, Kristalina, welcome to the Genius Podcast. It's so wonderful having you join us all the way from the US. I know we've been trying to connect for some time and we finally made it happen. So it's a true miracle. So welcome. Oh, thank you for having me. It is an honor. So I, I really appreciate you reaching out to me. Yeah, well, I, I've been following your work and your husband, Jason, for many, many years, actually. Jonathan and I do similar work here in Australia around sexuality formation, but it's it's an incredible work that you and your husband have done. It's a real ministry over many years now. Can you share a little bit about your work and I guess how you came to be where you are today? Well, actually, I, in high school, led a really crazy, promiscuous lifestyle, you know, <laughs> the typical just high school, just taking the world, taking everything the world had to offer. And at first I thought it was love and I got into these relationships. And then after a while, I just really spiraled because I realized I was just being used. And with that, nobody likes that, but everybody knows when they're being used. And so I got into the drinking, the drugs, you name it. And nobody was ever telling me, well, you can start over, you can turn your life around. And I didn't even know that was a thing back then. Right. And after a while, I really just hated myself and I didn't know what to do, but my mother I had a very good idea what was going on in my life. And she sent me to a talk and a young man stood up and he really talked about all the drugs and pornography, everything he had been into. And it really changed my life. And he was able to pierce that darkness. And I thought, well, if he can turn his life around and he is so unashamed of his past, mm -hmm. I wanted that more than anything of not to be ashamed because I couldn't think of a single day I hadn't been ashamed since I started living that life. And I wanted that. And I ended up slowly turning my life around. And I, at that point, I just wanted to scream from the rooftops to all my my girlfriends and people that you can start over. It doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, but 
All that matters now is where you go from here. And God is calling all people to himself right now, especially in this Eucharistic revival that we're having here in the United States. But even though you're all the way in Australia, he's still calling all his people to himself in, in Eucharistic adoration, in mass and in the sacraments. And I just did that myself when I had my conversion. And I just wanted other people to experience the same that we're living in such darkness and filth that it can be turned around no matter or how Mm -hmm. bad it's gone in your life. And so after that, I slowly got into speaking and I ended up meeting Jason at a conference in the Bahamas, mind you, (laughs) that they were giving to learn how to be a chastity speaker. My mom, again, saved the day and she sent me (laughs) out there. And it was like a week long, just learning how to become a chastity speaker. Lo and behold, Jason was the teacher. And, you know, it was so funny. It was almost like this like bachelorette on an island because he was the only guy that was there. (laughs) All these young women, and a couple guys and it was hilarious but we ended up just becoming friends you know I didn't want to be in a relationship I was very broken still at that point and after a couple years we started dating and got engaged and I started speaking with him and I I that's not something I grew up wanting to be but it's something that God called me to you know and it just worked and our ministry just kept evolving and now we have chastity.com um, that you can go to or chastity project and that's what we run and then I also have now something called women made new ministries mm. which, which specifically helps women who want to start a healing process who have been broken or raped or have had abortions or or in abusive relationships and don't know how to come out of that or just don't know where to go or who to turn to just to start that and give them courage that God has a purpose and a plan no matter what background or where you've come from that mm. that you can do anything with the grace of God. Yeah, amen. Amen. And and would I really want to to move in and have a look at your ministry women made new in a moment, but I'd love you to take me back to that moment where you met Jason when you were <laughs> down at that camp. That sounds like a great story. So what what happened? You know, Did you just connect straight away? Oh my goodness, do you know I was sitting in the front at this retreat house and it was in the evening and I was just sitting on the porch, you know, with some of the girls. And all of a sudden these headlights started coming down the driveway. And do you know, it was the craziest thing. I'll never forget it. I knew whatever was in that car was going to change my life. I didn't know what was going on. I just freaked out and I got up and I went to the furthest part of that retreat house, which was the kitchen. And I asked if I could help them do dishes. And they (laughs) said, oh, yes, please come. And I went in there. And lo and behold, the first thing that Jason does when he gets out of the car, he goes straight to the kitchen because he's starving and he wants to eat something. So (laughs) he came right in there and I turned around and I heard his voice and I just knew. And he said, is there any pizza left? And I turned around and I almost threw a piece of pizza at him and I (laughs) turned around and just, just kept doing my thing. But I just knew you always just kind of know when you're really Mm -hmm. trying to live the will of God, deep down, everybody knows what they should be doing, what they shouldn't be doing. And people say, well, I don't, I don't hear God. I hear a lot of people saying that. And Mm -hmm. I want to counter that and say, I don't believe you because when Mm -hmm. I was in my deepest, darkest pit of the filth that I was living in, in these clubs, trying to numb that voice, that conscience of my knowing, I have no business being here. You're not happy. Why are you doing this again? I still heard God pursuing me in my mm-hmm. conscience. And mm-hmm. everybody does. Now they want to deny it, ignore it, or not have the courage to listen and embrace what's being asked of them. But they hear God. It just doesn't align up with their own wants and desires. So then they, therefore, they just ignore it. And then they're mm-hmm. ignoring basically 
a relationship with God and doing his will in their life. And then they wonder why they're miserable and not getting the effects that they want in the lifestyle that they're living. Mm, Such a good point. And I think that translates across all areas of our life as well, doesn't it? Just in the everyday discernment of what do we choose and who do we be friends with and how do we live our life? And that's why Mother Teresa is so big about creating moments of stillness and silence so we can really encounter that guiding voice of the Holy Spirit within us, right? And that's the voice that you are that you were being prompted by all those years ago. Oh, absolutely. And honestly, it doesn't even take the silence to know if you should be watching something, dating somebody, wearing yeah. something when you go out, or even mm-hmm. doing the action that you're doing in that moment. Because no matter how loud the music got, no matter how much weed I smoked or whatever it is I was doing in that moment, you know, of my despair. I still heard my conscience and I tell my Mm -hmm. kids to help them understand and wrap their little brains around it. I tell them, listen, this is your compass. This is the Mm -hmm. compass to heaven. Now, either you're going to listen and you're going to follow it because one day I'm not going to be there for you. One day I'm not going to be around and you're going to go off to college and you're going to be on your own and you're going to be living your life. And either you're going to make that choice to listen to that voice or not. But I'm telling you, when you step outside of that, it's like you're almost asking for trouble right? Mm -hmm. Because we know outside of God's will, every time I didn't do what I knew what I was supposed to be doing, I always regretted it every time, hands down. But I never, as hard as it was, have never regretted listening to what I knew deep down I was supposed to do. Never. Mm -hmm. Now, was it hard to let things go? Or was it sad? Or was it frustrating? Absolutely. There are absolutely going to be those times. But I take those times any day over the regret and remorse that I had by not listening and making those kind of mistakes. It just it just yeah. didn't match up. It wasn't worth it. No, it's so good. Such a good point that you make there. And and often when we're living out, I guess, of that place, it's coming from wounds, isn't it? That we've sustained either early in childhood or throughout our life, things happen to us, choices we make. For yourself, was that coming from a particular place, that acting out? You know, I didn't know at the time, and it wasn't until I was, I was pregnant, I think with our third child that I really started having serious issues. I was always angry and mad and just, just something wasn't right. And it just, there was just so many things that were off and I just couldn't put my finger on it. And I tried so hard to go as far as I could with my relationship with Jesus and talking with people and even talking it out with Jason. He didn't fully understand. I didn't understand. But at one point it came, came to me being in adoration and I knew in my heart that God was asking me to go to counseling and Mm -hmm. I downright looked at the Eucharist and I said, no, I'm not doing it. No, I'm not going, you know, (laughs) and I didn't (laughs) want to because in my family growing up, well, only broken, mentally challenged, like people Mm -hmm. that have serious issues, go to counselors. You don't pay someone to talk about your problems, like what's wrong with you kind of thing, you know, but now I understand why it was kind of just frowned upon because what I finally ended up did having that humility and accepting, okay, this is the path. There's no other path. And I ended up doing it and embracing it and going to counseling. And within those counseling sessions, I found out that I was sexually abused as a child. And it, I really suppressed so much. And that day, I will tell you that all of that came out and I realized what really was going on with me. The ground fell beneath me. It was just gone. My foundation, just what I believed, what I thought, it was just gone. And people have to really think about, well, when that happens to you, where do you go? 
Who do you yeah. turn to? Is it alcohol? Is it binging on Netflix? Is it social media? Is it drugs? Like what, what's your go-to? And whatever your go-to is, you really need to think about that. And thank God I had such a deep relationship with God and Eucharist adoration, which has transformed me as a woman or else who knows what I would have turned to. But in that moment, I will say it was so profound for me because as hard as it was, I finally made a sense to myself for the first time. It's like that puzzle piece finally fit. I understood why I was doing what I was doing, why it was hard for me to give or receive love, why why I acted the way I did sometimes or couldn't handle certain things. Mm. I made so much sense to myself. And I needed that piece of the puzzle in order to grow, to grow in my relationships, to heal my relationship with God and to step in to become the woman that God was calling me to be. Because if I didn't do that and God didn't give me the courage and I didn't ask for that courage, I would still be stuck in the mud there, in that quicksand. Mm right? Mm -hmm. And how sad that is. And really my message now to women is what is it that is keeping you from becoming the woman that God is calling you to be? Because that woman that's on the other side of whatever's keeping you there is something fierce and amazing and has great things to do for God. But it's up to her to kind of get herself out almost and show up to her own fight. And that is what my mission I feel is right now for other women, because as hard as it was, I wouldn't change anything. And that's really where my women made new ministry stem from, because during the time of my healing, I was going through so much and I was looking for good Catholic counselors, good podcasts, Mm -hmm. good books, and so much that I needed to feed myself and help heal these wounds. But I had to sift through a lot of garbage to find out, okay, what's good for me? What's not good for me? And you're already so broken. You're already going through so much. It's like, you don't need that garbage. And some of that garbage, thank God I had a good filter, but a lot of women don't, that they Mm. could get sucked into things that aren't good for them. And so I wanted a safe haven where women could go have a one-stop shop almost if they knew they needed to heal or they were having marital issues or having issues with their themselves and their relationships with their children. Like what, where could they go? What could they do? They can go to womenmaynew.com and they can find all of those things right there for them. And at least it's just a launching point and a starting place to start this healing process. And if they do that and follow kind of those steps, then I know God will give them the grace and lead and guide them the rest of the way. Amen. And what a powerful testimony, Christine. Like you had your conversion story where you were acting out and then that went into your chastity work. But now you can see that new layer where that ministry to women is coming from that that wounded place. And I love that it taps into what Henry Nguyen describes as the wounded healer, right? That this idea of redemptive suffering, that all is not wasted with the Lord, that he does bring good from all things in our life, no matter how devastating they are. And you're a living, walking testament to that, which is just so beautiful and inspiring, I think, for women to hear that story. Because often when women are up on the stage or writing books or speaking, sometimes people in the audience might not feel that connection. They might think, oh, well, she can do it, but I can't because of all of these things. But I love Mm -hmm. your rawness and your vulnerability and your honesty in sharing your story. Because what that is, is it's just that that light, that guiding star for women that can say, hey, you actually can do it. I have done it. And this is the path I walked. These are the things that helped me. And what an incredible gift. So I just want to thank you for your vulnerability and honesty, because it's such a powerful testimony. And, and what you're doing is so powerful. I think when you were talking, I was thinking of that um, that quote, and you might be able to help me with the saint, but I don't know if it's St. Joan of Arc, but know thyself so that thy that they may know God. Like if we know, Mm. coming to know ourselves, 
And those deeper revelations actually draws us in and invites us into a deeper revelation of who God is. And, and, and then when we have that revelation, that's when we experience that healing and transformation. And like you said, on the other side of that door is who he created us to be and, and the fullness of the life that he wants us to live. But unfortunately, sometimes we have to go through that valley. Um, but importantly, we go through the valley. We don't stay in the valley, right? That's the thing. And when we get stuck in the valley, women get stuck in stuffing their stuff, putting lipstick on it and living Halloween every day and being miserable and wanting to portray to the world that they're so happy and have it all together. And then they close the door and, and they're in bed at night and they're a mess and they know it and they're, they're there with their demons and they don't know what to do. So they just repeat and keep repeating. And instead of becoming who God created you to be and in hearing that voice of God in your heart and following it, you're believing that demonic dialogue that keeps you so in bondage and the devil giving you those lies. If you're not good enough, you're not worthy enough. You're not smart enough. That person's better than you. They're more capable. They have what it takes. You don't all of these things. And it's absolute garbage. Now, are those some things that are maybe your own wounds that you're believing? Absolutely. But a lot of the times the devil will take that and exaggerate it and throw it in your face and use it against you and weaponize it. And that's one thing women need to understand because a lot of that like self-talk, that beating yourself up is not a you, but it's a form to keep you exactly where you are and in fear. And that is the last place that God wants you. And he wants you empowered and healed and whole and strong and getting out of that rut. And the devil wants to keep you there. So at the end of the day, this is where I want women to show up to their own fight because there's so much more than that. There's so much more than just surviving. There's so much more than just day in, day out, portraying to the world as perfection and be miserable on the inside. You know, you have a mission, a purpose and a plan. And I mean it when I say that. And I don't think people take that very seriously. And we need to, especially if we are women of God. And at the end of the day, if we believe this demonic dialogue and all the lies the devil's believing, why is it so hard for us to believe that God himself is going to counter that and speak to us in our heart in a small, still voice and try to counter and get us away from that? We're so Mm -hmm. easy to believe the lies, but it's so hard for us to believe that conscience and that voice of God leading and guiding us. And we need to train our ears to really almost listen to that. And women Mm -hmm. out there are saying, well, I'm not good enough, or I can never recover from this, or God doesn't have a plan for me. I'm too far off, you know, and that's just another lie that we believe. And Mm -hmm. I truly believe this. If they take anything, take this, that God, when he molded you and created you in your mother's womb, if you were wanted or not in that womb, he created you for a purpose, a plan, and you are anointed in your own way that you have to embrace that though. Like you are here for a reason. And when I die at the end of my life, I want to be able to stand before God and say, I completed the mission that you created me for. How powerful is that? And most mm. people don't think of that on, on a daily at all. They, in their lives, they mostly don't think of that. But the key to it all is that we actually have to give God the permission in our lives to transform us to become that woman that he yeah. is calling us to be. Because just like the devil and all the demons in hell, can tempt me to do anything. But until I give my yes and hand my will over to that temptation, 
they are powerless. But the same thing goes for God. Unless we hand our will over and say, yes, Lord Jesus, whatever you want in my life, transform me. We're leaving God powerless as well in our lives. Like he can do little things here and there when we respond to grace, but to full-blown transform us, we have to give him that permission. And that's what I want to give women, that permission to know you are worth so much more and give God that yes in your life and do what he's asking and you will become a force to be reckoned with. Preach it. as <laughs> such a good <laughs> message. I love that. You just, as you're speaking, there is an anointing on the words that are leaving your mouth. And I really hope and pray they land in the spirit of so many of the women who are listening to this podcast, because that is truth. And, and I think you touch on something really powerful there that so many women live under this this banner, this umbrella of shame. And, and like mm -hmm. you said, they're running around and they're, they're looking great. I mean, all the women, well, not all the women, but, you know, a lot of the women that I know mm -hmm. look so perfect. I mean, golly, they are so far from it behind closed doors. I do a lot of pastoral care work and, and coaching with women. And it would it should astound people that it's the women who seem the most together that are often the ones that yep. are the most broken, actually. And I think there is this invitation to come back to being an authentic authentic self before the Lord um, and to laying that shame down before him, to being really honest with him, being really honest with a few key women around you who can journey with you because shame really thrives um, on us being isolated and on our silence in terms of not yes. speaking up, not being honest. That's where shame breeds and and the devil loves that. But, you know, we know in scripture that in 1010, I have come that you would have life and have it to abundance. And that's the promise of God mm -hmm. for us. And I think we really have to claim that. You touch on something so important there where you talk about our will, that we're not like the animals driven by instinct. We actually have the capacity to choose. Therefore, we have mm -hmm. the capacity to choose how we're going to craft our life. And we are created as human persons in God's image and likeness. So we have a mandate to co-create our lives with the Lord. And this is a very powerful message. And it's a message of freedom for women that when you understand that you are not a passive victim to your circumstance, your life, or anything that's happened to you, that you actually are called to be an active participant in your story. And I love what you said. You want women to show up to their own fight. And we can't forget that this whole life on earth is a spiritual battle for our soul and for the soul of many others. And, and when we as women don't step into that freedom, we don't step into our healing and we don't sort of step over that barrier, that threshold of shame, well, there's so many other people that miss out. Because when women actually step into their fullness, they give other people permission to do the same and, and other people come to know Christ through that witness, which is so powerful. Oh, absolutely. And and there is a lot of fear and a shame surrounding, but that's just maybe in the moment. And yes, you feel that, but it doesn't have to, nothing can, nothing has to stay the same. Anything no. can change, but you just have to engage what God is asking. And hands down, most women right now listening know exactly what they need to do in order to start that transformation in their lives. But they're holding on to something or they're scared. But ladies, I'm telling you, just do that will of God. Listen to that small, still voice and you'll be under the umbrella of God's protection, that discernment and his will. But the first starting point to all of this is really going to confession. Because you can't really hear the voice of God and have clarity if you're not in his grace, it just, it won't happen, you know? And so to go to confession, if you can, I really encourage that. I try to go every two weeks. I take my kids with me. I make sure they're going 
you know, because I want them protected. I want them to hear the voice of God. And right now it's all hands on deck. We are all in this spiritual battle and it is a fierce one right now, you know, and Mm -hmm. it seems like it's escalating all over the world. But at the same time, we have nothing to fear. I feel like the evil one is rearing his ugly head more than normal out of the shadows because he is actually losing, not winning. Mm -hmm. Because mm-hmm. the devil wants to operate in the darkness, right? He wants to even not even know peep, that he exists. But at this point, that's all gone. He has been brought to the light and the actions and intentions and where he's at. And people are having to pick sides. So there's no more of him hiding in the shadows. Those days are over. But at the same time, it shows that on their camp, the enemy's camp, the evil one, that's losing. Because he wanted to stay in the shadows and he can no longer so it seems like we're being defeated, but in all actuality, that's not the truth. No, and just to listen to whatever God's asking you to do. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because the world feels very hopeless. We've come out of COVID into a very different world. And and I think everybody worldwide is feeling that. You know, anxiety, mental health is is people are really struggling. The cultural battles and our faith, religious freedom, it just seems under immense pressure. And it does feel like we're being defeated. And it's so easy to lose heart in that space and in the face of that. But I think you make a beautiful point, which really points us towards hope. And hope has a name. His name is Jesus. And there is Mm -hmm. always hope while we are alive. And we must remember that. St. Catherine of Siena said there can be no victory without the battle. So we are in a battle. And like you said, it is a fierce one. I I heard someone say once that when Satan is no longer subtle, he's playing his final hand. And so there is a call on us to be really, I think as women, we are the gatekeepers, we're the guardians of the heart and faith. And so there is a call on us in this moment in history, I think, to dig really deep into prayer and into our faith, um, into the word of God, into confession, and really do our own work so that we can show others the way. So, Crystalina, I'm interested. You said that, you know, the starting point is going to confession. I'm wondering if you have, you know, a seven-point plan or a plan for how women can actually be made new. You've got this beautiful book that you've just released, and I'm sure you poured your heart and soul into that book, and I've heard wonderful things about it. But And and you've got this website and this ministry, Women Made New. I know you've done your TV series with EWTN as well. Um, It's such an important work. But can you give us, I guess, a summary of your book, Women Made New, what it's about and what are those steps that women can actually practically take in their everyday life? Well, the steps that they can take are the four, I call them my four pillars of healing of what I did. Mm-hmm. And the first and foremost um, was confession to find a good confessor and make sure you're staying there, right? And, and going every two weeks or once a month at least and finding someone that maybe could be your spiritual director that really can help you in those spiritual matters that you may need help with. And also during your healing process, there may be someone that you need to talk to or healing prayers to be said with you, depending on things that have happened to you in the past. The second thing is to find that good Catholic counselor. And you can go to Women Made New, but I'm not sure about Sydney Astra. I did more in the United States, but I'm mm-hmm. sure, and I don't know if you have a website, but to find that good Catholic counselor in their area And because of COVID, a blessing that came out of it is most doctors now will do telehealth. So you can literally do your counseling sessions within the privacy of your own home. And I, there's just no excuses that women made new anymore. It's like, you can do it right there in your home. You don't even have to leave, you know, and most women can find a half an hour, an hour in a week Mm -hmm. to, to have some self-care, which is imperative to their future and their lives and their family's well-being and your own well-being. And the third thing is 
go to Eucharistic adoration. Jesus mm-hmm. is my all. He is my king. He is my boss. He is my center focal point for everything. Ever The Eucharist become incredibly Eucharistic. The Eucharist is the most powerful force that we have on this earth. No weapon can come against it and no weapon will come against you or evil will come against you if you are close to Jesus. And the closer you get to Jesus and the closer you get in his light, the devil has got to go and he will flee because he cannot stand the light of God. So the closer you are to Jesus, you will things will be revealed and it will help you. And it almost was a medicine for me. I will say honestly, because I would go to my counseling sessions and then I made it a point to right after go straight to Eucharistic adoration mm-hmm. because you're so open and vulnerable of things that are coming up in that moment that I just wanted to be able to go and give it all to Jesus. And I felt mm-hmm. like in there, I would cry I could be angry. I could really work through memories. And honestly, there are things in Eucharistic adoration that I would remember that were so vulgar or bad or things coming up that I don't even remember anymore. I couldn't tell you what those memories were because honestly, I feel like Jesus was really working on me and healing me in ways that I couldn't have done on my own. And so to go and be with Jesus, it has transformed me as a woman. And the last thing is, if there are toxic people in your life, to cut them off. Because they are weighing you down, they are hurting you, they are a rot in your life, and there are either dating relationships, friends, or even family members that while you're going through this healing process, that you really need to cut them off during that time so you can truly heal. And maybe you're healing wounds that they even gave you, but if you do this and you're able to cut them off for a short time and just tell them this, this is what I did, because it's hard to do that sometimes, that I'm going to be going through something and I have to take care of myself right now. And this is not about you at all. This is not you. This really is about me. And I just need to take some time and step away. And when God tells me it's time to bring you back in my life, that will happen. Now, have that, did that happen for all the people that I cut out of my life? Absolutely not. They're still cut out of my life and that's where they need to stay, but out of my own protection and well-being. But the other people that I knew were supposed to come, God will slowly reveal that. But to have the courage to be able to cut that rot out of your life that you know is not good. And is that easy? No. Is it worth it? Absolutely. It will be absolutely worth it. But those are the four things that I did um, that got me through to where I am right now. Mm, that's fantastic. And I love the book. And, and you've sort of spoken and collated some stories, haven't you, from other women I know in your show, EWTN Women Made New as well, and just different stories. But these themes translate across all different stories and ages and seasons in life, don't they? No, the book Women Made New is an entire, it's really an entirely different thing. And it's really interesting because how this book came to be is I was very pregnant. And I'll try not to make this too long, but I was seven months pregnant, almost eight months pregnant. I was ginormous. We just moved to Arizona and I literally bent down in this little playhouse I had for the kids to get a juice box. And because I was so pregnant, your body's so lucid. And it was like my seventh pregnancy or eighth pregnancy. My, when my bent down the way that I did to pick this juice box up, the, my backbones kind of opened a little bit, but the way I bent down, they went back the wrong way. When, and so when I stood up, I was in the most excruciating pain. pain. Oh, I mean, I 
fell to the ground and I couldn't use my right side. My, I couldn't put weight oh. on my leg. I was just in pain. My body started like wow. shaking. And honestly, it was the most pain I think I've ever been in except for childbirth. It was like yeah. right up there. And Jason comes running. I'm like, Jason, you know, <laughs> he's like, what's happening? Your water break freaking out. And I said, I don't know. I just went down to get this juice box. He picks me up. We go to the emergency room and they have no idea what's wrong with me. And I wasn't going to do anything. No x-rays, no like medicine yeah. to hurt the baby. I'm so far along so they basically sent me home with the Tylenol and just just deal with it right now until we can figure out what's going on and he tried to tell me it was my sciatica and I very as calmly as I could told him it was not my sciatica something was wrong something I went home that night it was bad and there are times in people's lives where they are crying to God and there are times when they are crying out to God where it's like you are crying out and that was a moment in my life where I really was crying out and a part of me was angry and mad and we just moved. And I basically was bedridden for the rest of my pregnancy. Wow. And I even had to like learn to crawl to the bathroom at first. Jason would have to take me. It was very humiliating. It was hard. And I was so pregnant and vulnerable. Yeah. And so instead of being angry with God and entering into that, I embraced the cross of it. And I said, okay, God, what do you want of me right now? Like, what is, what is happening? There's always a reason. And that question of why, why is this happening to me? Why? I feel like it's just a spiral to hell because mm-hmm. you're never going to know why. Okay. No one's ever going to know the why of why someone did something. You know, they can know some of it, but you never fully will know and it'll never get answered. But if you can ask, what is this happening to me for? What is the lesson? What, what do you want me to do in this moment? That's an, a, like an action, right? That's an action plan. And so I'm like, God, what is it you are wanting of me right now in this suffering? And I went into prayer and um, I did a lot of reading. But in the middle of all of that, I ended up actually having this dream out of just, I had a dream. And in this dream, I was standing there in front of rows and rows and rows and rows of women. And their back was all to me, different ethnicities, sizes. And all of a sudden they were throwing something behind them over their head. And, and they just kept throwing them. And as all of a sudden I would see this black shadow past them, this, this scary black shadow. And then they would throw this thing over their head. Right. And all of a sudden I said, Lord Jesus, what are those? And I turned around and there was this dead, desolate desert. And mm-hmm. I saw all of these things falling on like almost wet sand, that sound of rocks hitting wet sand. Right. And I looked down and they were the most magnificent gems I think I've ever seen. They were, they were, I, I, they were magnificent. I have no other word, but this dead desert would come up and swallow them like they were never there. And I said, Mm. Lord Jesus, what are those? And I heard a voice say back to me, those are the gifts and talents and virtues that I have given women in their vocation. And they are giving way to the world and throwing them away. Go find the gems and give them back to the women. And then I woke up and I woke up like, what? Where are the gems? Where do I find the gems? Like I was so frustrated and unsatisfied because I didn't, I didn't know. And there I am again. Jason, I called Jason into the bedroom. <laughs> he comes running in. What? And I told him what happened. Yeah. And he says to me, well, we're going to have to pray about that. You know, and here I am emotional and pregnant and bedridden. And he's just thinking, okay, well, you just, we'll pray about that. Yeah. So over the time, things happen and evolve with my women made new. And I started my podcast, my television show, all of it revolving around women who are really hurting and broken and, and needed help. And I realized there's an entire generation of women like me who in the sixties, their mothers left them behind 
and didn't teach them because they were off, I mean, building empires and getting jobs and, and not being that typical stay at home wife and throwing their veils and aprons out. Right. But they Mm -hmm. left their kids behind. And I was one of them, but my mom was a single mom. I don't blame her, but we weren't raised how to run our household, how to be the mom, how to have the Catholic essence of a woman and a wife. And, you know, and it was difficult for me when I got married, I felt completely broken and handicapped, but I realized there's Mm -hmm. an entire generation of women like that, that don't know what they're doing and they feel broken and inadequate and they think it's just them. But no, there's an entire generation of women out there that are struggling the same. And I just wanted to help them. But as things slowly evolved with my women made new, um, I was in adoration again with Jesus. And I realized there are so many unbelievable women ministries out there with these powerhouse women that a lot of women don't know about. But I haven't experienced an abortion. But there's someone out there that is an amazing woman who runs an entire ministry that's very successful worldwide that does. And I got mm. all of these different women and all these different facets of the church to write one chapter for me of their experience. And when I was on the phone, Catherine Hadro is one of those contributors. When I was on the phone with her, she said to me, well, Kristalina, what should I write about? And I said to her verbatim, Catherine, what, go to adoration and see whatever gem Jesus gives you to give to the women. Now, as soon as I said that, I got chills. I got yeah. tears in my eyes. And I said, oh, my, it all came back to me. They right? the I gems. said, oh, my gosh, I'm collecting the gems. <laughs> and I was so satisfied in that moment. Finally, That's so beautiful. So all of these women in this book are overcomers, but they're not just overcomers. They have ministries where they are helping women if they've been abused, they've had abortions, you've had an eating disorder, you've cut, like you have cutting issues, you have all these lies you believe about yourself. And, and it's beautiful, but also one of the contributors is Mother Angelica herself. And they allowed me, I listened to 300 hours of Mother Angelica. I saw that on an interview. I, you I did. did. That's amazing. Yes. With I eight did. children. Was what is your you secret? Know what? <laughs> That's amazing. Those I have iPods, the little pods. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the pods, those little ear pods were my best friend for a year. And I always okay. had them in it. I was always listening, cooking dinner, doing laundry, driving here and there, listening, breathing Mother Angelica all the time. Yeah. And some of her archived whiteboards, but it really all just came together. And the contributors, it's beautiful. It's all ages. Like you said, we have mm-hmm. like Cameron Frad to Teresa Tomio, Mother Angelica to... Janet Bankovic to even my own personal counselor that I've had for years that has really helped me. I asked her to write a chapter because I wanted women to hear from a good Catholic godly counselor and just to give her own experience and what she sees in women and just to take that bad connotation kind of away from it that we're all in this together and that you really, truly are not alone. Mm, yeah. Amen. Gosh, it's such a beautiful lineup of women. I did see all the names. I thought, oh golly, that is so, it's, there's so much goodness in that one book. And one thing that you were saying just then that resonated with me when you said you had your ear pods in all the time, whether you're doing the washing or cooking or whatever it was. And I had this image of, um, 
being poured into, just this jug pouring into you in that season as well. And and I think your book is very much that for other women. It's this pouring into. And so often in life as women, we are giving, we're the perpetual givers. And that generosity is that beautiful quality of the feminine genius. But we also have to be restored and we have to, Jesus draw, drew aside to a quiet place to pray. And so we too need to nurture that self-care and to have a little bit of time where we are poured into and we're fed as well spiritually. And I often think, you know, the great principle of life is we reap what we sow. And as women, we can sow a famine or a feast into our life mm. by what we choose to listen to, what we choose to consume visually and, you know, audio and who we choose to keep company with. So we can choose to sow a famine or a feast. And we will realize what we've sown when we hit a moment of adversity or a moment of suffering. And we either will have something to draw on or we won't have sown anything and we'll have nothing to draw on. And so I just love to encourage women to to head on over and check out your ministry, Women Made New, because very much walk around the house listening to all of those podcasts and all of the shows on EWTN as well and just be poured into. So Crystalina, I just want to thank you so much for your time, for your ministry, for your incredible witness and your generosity. You're a beautiful woman and uh, I feel so blessed to have had this conversation with you. Thank you for having me. And to all the women that know and they feel like, oh, they need to, they need to do something, right? And they don't know where to turn or go. Um, and even if you don't get the book and, and do that, they can go to EWTN.com slash women made new. And what EWTN has done is taken eight of the contributors, including Mother Angelica and myself, and we have made high quality videos as a learning series to go with the Women Made New book and also a study guide that goes with it that is absolutely free. There's no there's no attachment. There's nothing you have to do. Everything is downloadable and it's free. So you can watch these videos and have this study guide and pray with it right in the privacy of your own home and Mother Angelica was always wanting just free, good Catholic content to help people in their conversion. And so mm. it's really beautiful that they did this with me. And it's incredibly well done. And they even have a learning app where you can download the app for the learning series on your phone. So you literally can just listen to it while you're cooking. You can watch it, go to a coffee shop, get away from the kids and just focus on yourself. And I have a heavy part in all of the videos and, and things going on. But at the same time, there's a lot of other women there just telling their stories. And I want women to really think about and know this, that everyone has a seat at God's table. Mm -hmm. You have your own individual place there waiting for you. You're not excluded. The other person isn't better than you or has the same gifts as you. And so you're kind of just don't matter. No, even if that other person has a similar gift as you, they're not the same. Nobody is created the same in God's table. You're all unique and you all have a spot and that you're all invited. And there's no competition here. The enemy is the evil one. And that's why I wanted to get all these women together to just blow all of that out of the water. And Women May New is about women just helping women. And if you want to download the first chapter of the book to be able to read that, you also can go to womenmadenew.com uh, and you can download the first chapter. But I highly suggest to go and just download this learning series so you mm. can start it in the privacy of your own home by yourself. You can pray and just see what God is asking of you and know that all of you will be in my prayer and I will be praying 
that you accept this invitation that I feel that that God is giving all of you right now. Oh, so good. Well, I'll put all of those links in the show notes, but thank you so much, Kristalina, and God bless you and your family and, and everything that you're doing. What a powerful conversation. I really hope and pray that there were some gems in there that you can take before the Lord in the sacrament of adoration and the sacrament of the Eucharist and really ask the Holy Spirit to shine a light, to give you a holy curiosity about those areas in your life that he's wanting to unearth so that you can be healed and transformed and move into the freedom and the fullness of who God has created you to be. All of the links are in the show notes to Kristalina's resources. Ladies, I really like to encourage you that if you'd like to go further on this journey and if you would like to walk with other women in a sisterhood and with myself as a mentor, I invite you to go and check out the Catholic Women's Masterclass. You can find out more about this masterclass at www.geniusproject.co and I really hope and pray you take a moment just to have a look at it. Some of the things that Kristalina spoke about today, we really work through and plow through in a lot more detail inside this masterclass. It's a four-month journey of transformation where I walk with you every fortnight. You also get access to the masterclass, which is a full portal of online videos and lessons that you work through over a four-month period. And the goal is that when you come out the other side, you have some goalposts, you have some rhythms that you've established in your life that will lead to your restoration, your wholeness, and ultimately transformation. So once again, check it out, www.geniusproject.co. Ladies, could I really ask for your prayers over the next month, especially the month of September and October, as my husband prepares to go back on the road overseas in a speaking tour. He's doing incredibly important work with Catholic teachers and educators in terms of formation and particularly formation around human sexuality, life and love. And we would really appreciate your prayers as this work kicks up over the next two months for protection and blessing and God's providence. Until next week, ladies, thank you so much. I am praying for you and carrying you in my heart. And I look forward to you joining us again on the Genius Podcast next week. God bless.